This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Thanks for joining us. Another live stream here of the Business Storytelling Podcast. All the usual channels, Amazon, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, we are live. So if you can't find us, probably your fault, not mine. Ha <laughs> ha. Glad to have you on glad to have you guys tuning in though. Um, today we want to talk about building audience. Now, building audience is always interesting. What does that mean? How do we do it? Um, why should we do it? And how long does it take? Can I build an audience overnight? Probably not. I was actually listening to um, a show with Rant Fishkin yesterday over on The Real Talk. And as you might be aware, I produced that show. And then I went back and I looked how long Rand Fishkin has been at it. It's been 20 years. You know, he launched Moss 20 some years ago. So if you're thinking all this stuff is going to happen overnight, it's not going to happen overnight. Maybe a couple of nights or, you know, a little bit longer for sure. Today's guest, Tracy Repchuk. She is an author. Um, all her books are highlighted over on the Amazon Amazon feed. We are live on Amazon Live as always. Check that out, authenticstorytelling.net forward slash live. We'll get you there. Let's get Tracy on the show here. Um, Tracy, thanks for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed your time in the green room. I did. Thanks for having me, Christoph. It's always good to hear that the service there is great. Haha. <laughs> of course, we're all still remote. Uh, I'm still sitting in the same chair, still standing at the same desk when I stand up. Um, there you go. I don't see any changes in that anytime soon. So Tracy, tell us, why is building audience important? And maybe before we jump into that, what does that mean, the audience? I mean, how do you, what's an audience? What's your definition to start simple? Well, I mean, if we're starting really uh, generic, then an audience is simply a, a group of people gathered, whether it be virtually or whether it be um, you know, in a live situation, which I very dearly miss, <laughs> um, that's really an audience. Then you can, of course, take it to much more levels of sophistication, such as is that audience, uh, is your target market part of that audience and things of that nature. And of course, that's a lot of the, uh, the demographics and, and things that I start to examine once we uh, take a look at that. And then your other question as to why it's important. Well, as somebody that's been in business since 1985, when I started a software company at the age of 19, without an audience, you have no impact, you have no power, you have no influence. You have to uh, have somebody to leverage so that when you are launching a product or service, um, that you uh, you know have somebody to communicate to that too. And of course, I remember when I was um, launching my very first book, which you have there, 31 Days to Millionaire Marketing Miracles, Without an audience, I never would have become number one on Amazon. So it's the key to sustainable growth and for the ability to build that audience uh, that needs and wants what you have. So it's always interesting when we call it an audience. I think it was Greg Weiss, uh, VP um, uh, VP of social media at Mark, uh, MasterCard. 
And he talks about if you're going to call him an audience, you better come prepared to entertain him. So <laughs> it has to be, I mean, you have to provide something, right, that's worth tuning in for. I mean, do you agree with that statement or how do you feel about him putting it that way? A hundred percent. If you want to really make good use of your time, you want to ensure that the audience you're talking to is part and parcel of the target market that's interested, again, in what you need and what they, uh, what you have. Uh, and that is in there for and something that they need or want. Because if not, not only will you have that disconnect of message, probably what you're talking about, they're not really interested in, but you could be spending a lot of time, you know, spinning your wheels and wondering, you know, months after you appearing on, on various networks, channels, TV stations, whatever it is, why isn't the, why isn't the uh, income moving? Well, probably you're not talking to the right audience. So that's always an interesting discussion to me, too, is, you know, especially in B2B. I mean, I'm, I'm picking on the example of if I'm selling um, construction equipment, it's not a huge audience anywhere in the world that it buys construction equipment. Now, it's it's bigger than I would think it is, but it's not everybody. Right. So it's we got to be very aware of how big is the audience that we're actually trying to reach or 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 that exists. I mean, how, how do you figure that out? How do you know? Well, I mean, you know, picking your audience has two has two directions that you can do it. The first is you actually research, right? Who needs or wants what you have, and therefore you fill that gap or that uh, problem that they have that you have the solution for. That's kind of one of the uh, directions. Another direction that most people take is, quite frankly, hey, I love to work with women and they're 45 and up and I do X, Y, Z, and therefore that's going to be my audience. Well, both methods work, um, but there's definitely a, a best, better, and, and, and great um, uh, kind of way, way that you can really get to that end result. The nirvana moment, of course, is, is when you satisfy both that they need, want, and they're the demographic that you like to live, like to work for. But uh, generally, you have to really start to research. That's where it all begins. With, without knowing your target market, a.k.a. your audience, and nothing can successfully almost unfold from that. So you have to certainly figure out how you, who your audience is, but then you also got to figure out if there is a market, right? And how much do they spend? So for example, I mean, I, 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 I kind of laugh at it a little bit because I, you know, I like hats and I'm surprised I'm currently not wearing a hat. Usually I am. I don't know why I'm not, but Typically, I am like, you know, some kind of sports hat. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I see the ads and I buy them. They're like 25 bucks, 35 bucks, something like that. So that's just me. But in B2B, a lot of times we have these buying committees, right, where mm -hmm. everything goes through the ringer. And, it's, and it makes sense because it's so much, um, usually it's a much bigger purchase, right, than a $30, $30 Washington football team hat. So how do we know? that there is a market and how do we know that people will at some point potentially spend money on whatever it is we're trying to sell. And, and I mean, there's a lot of things you can get wrong, I suppose. Yeah. I th yeah. No, I mean, it, it, there's, there's two parts to that. One of them of course is, uh, is the, with the internet, we, we've never had it so easy to do the research that we need. I remember 1985 when I started, all we had was yellow pages, right? And so, you know, 
then I started, I had to find the need and fill the gap. Coming straight out of college, 19 years old, I'm a software programmer. Where do I go and what do I do, right? Uh, and so I started to um, take a look at, you know, who was hiring, what were people looking for um, in, in the newspaper. And from there, I, I approached one of the nonprofit organizations and, and I asked them heading on, you know, on getting your uh, books done, you know, getting your, your uh, just your normal general ledger and things of that nature. They said $5,000 a month. Well, I saw that as the problem. And I said, well, if you could, you know, bring that in-house, hire staff, get the software and the hardware, and have return lesson, do you think that'd be a better direction for you to go? And they said yes. And so the, I did an, a pitch based on that. It was the very first contract I got. I hadn't even graduated yet um, at that time, and I already had my first client based on pure research. So, so when I have a client approach me now and they say, oh, I want to do this, right, which is, is where they start, you know, I want to do Reiki or I want to do, or I want to do, um, I want to be a life coach, you know, or whatever it is. Um, we, I then have to back them up and I kind of say, okay, well, what problem are you solving? As problem, and now in terms of where do you find them? Now we have to be able to find them in groups, and that's the back to that audience. Now, of course, Facebook and LinkedIn have made that extremely simple for us. In that, if you can search for a group either in Google or those two platforms and find them, you can start to see numbers at least on how many people are congregating that have that, you know, have that interest. Like you as a sports fan with your hats, right? You could probably find tons of sites out there that are sports fanatics. So that's what people buy on. They're either a fanatic hobbyist approaches start to locate them, and then you know you can find them. Because if you can't find your audience, you're going to be whitewashed, especially in the world of online marketing, which is where everything pretty much is right now. Absolutely. And, of course, you know, just because Rand Fishkin is currently top of mind, you can also use Spark Toro and actually search for, you know, the different areas of, of uh, who influences uh, certain people and all those different things. Um, even though it's easier, sometimes it's not easier because you can't necessarily – break through the noise, right? Because so you and I are talking right now, it's very difficult for us to ignore each other because we're live on air, right? And and when you have a conversation, um, certainly it's much harder to ignore people. But on the web, it is becoming, uh, mm. it, it's easier and easier for people to just, you know, ig ignore everything around them. So it becomes easier, but it also becomes harder to an extent to to do that. Now, once you have an audience, I always see people want to monetize things. And of course, there's two, there's a couple different ways to think about it, right? One is, um, you know, through uh, the traditional publishing model, which I think works less and less, quite frankly, unless you have a huge audience, but then also business development tool, right? Which is, um, I mean, partially what you and I are doing, you know, I mean, we, we get business through, um, you know, just being out there, just people knowing us. Um, so how do... How do we figure out what to focus on um, what, when we're building that audience? What do we focus on? Where do we go? How do we decide? Um, what are your tips when it comes to that? Okay. Well, the first thing is once we've established our market and we know 
know their needs and wants per se, then we, then, I mean, at least what I do with my clients is then I start to develop a brand identity for myself or the client that speaks mm-hmm. to that market. And, and it's an, an important step that many people skip. And yet without, you know, colors that impact that particular uh, uh, brand uh, or, or target market, you need something that they're going to instantly react to, not be repelled by. Um, and then you want to start uh, establishing a unique selling proposition or a tagline. And then, um, and then you want to really have that core messaging down. What is it that you do for them? Because it's hard for them to connect and therefore hear you above the noise unless you've established that fundamental building block and more importantly, carried it consistently across all your social media because you don't want to look like a, a schizophrenic out there with every single platform saying something different, being a different color, being a different name, in fact. Um, so you want that and then you want it to connect it to your website so that too carries out a, a, co- a consistent and cohesive online presence that um, that speaks directly to that market. That's like the first fundamental building block. And then now we're going to start to take it step by step through a series of um, um, uh, procedures that's going to help us build that audience and connect more deeply to them. Yeah, I am surprised how much companies forget about that. And the other thing I've noticed, actually, uh, maybe not too recently, but I did run across that probably the last year or so, uh, companies that have such a wide array of colors that are allowed some of them just look totally different. Like, I'm like, that doesn't even look like the same brand. Why is that in your brain, kid? Um, mm-hmm. While we're at it, while we're talking here, what you know, what works for our audience? I know you guys are all interested in live streaming your brand, podcasting, those kind of things. We are still producing the show with switcherstudio.com. And I always be, I'm interested to hear uh, Tracy's opinion. Tracy is a pro. I got up a little bit ago because my neighbor just on cue when I go live, started uh, mowing so i got up and closed my window and tracy did not say a word Um, but i think tracy you can see me even when i'm not on the live stream right yes you can and that's that's (laughs) one of the that's one of the neat features on on switcher but sometimes it can confuse people because they can uh, she could be like hey where are you going but i'm not on the live stream but she's a pro so she figured that out and anyway that's how we still produce the show switcherstudio.com trap one gets you one month off big big fan big big fan to uh, have used them for over a year now so when it comes to figuring out what your brand is though i mean that sounds that is easier said than done right because what is my brand what do i stand i mean i've read so many strategies over the years where it says we are educational and blah, 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 whatever, you know, the typical buzzwords. What are And we have Tara Hunt on the show, who, of course, has um, the, her little game that you can buy on Amazon. I don't think it's in the carousel today. But what are your tips? How do I create a, a, a brand that can actually make a difference? And how do, how do I get there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, these are courses that I actually teach because yeah. they're that important. And because there's, as you say, there's so many steps involved. And one of the things without either walking through a formula or 
hiring a mentor or coach to help you, it's very difficult because you can't read the label from inside the jar. You don't know your own genius. It's very hard to pluck out what makes you you because you're so close to it. And, and so that's why you almost need something that will help you um, go through the steps that will pull it out of you. So again, right back to the, the, Again, everything I do is formula-based, primarily because I graduated as a programmer. I'm also a certified management accountant, so I'm extremely logical sequentially. Um, I like things to go ABC in, in a flow. And because of that, the first thing we look at is, is your target market? What colors speak to them, as, as I said? And then what is the messaging that's going to cause them to look at you and, and understand that you are unique? And then we take them through the, the journey of the consistency, and then we move them to the, the next step of getting out there and, and being seen, right? And, and it's not an easy step to brand yourself, but it's necessary. You want to know your demographics. You want to know ages and sexes and, and things of that nature. And you need to know that because when you then start to um, – uh, select your social media platforms where you're going to either invest your time and or money. Uh, you have to know, is your target market hanging out there? There's no sense if you're, you know, uh, speaking to uh, whatever seniors, 55 at the 70 um, with a product or program and you're hanging out on Instagram because you love pictures that's not going to get you your target market. And of course, you know, if you're B2B, Primarily, you're probably going to be over on LinkedIn seeking out maybe CEOs or things of that nature, depending on who your target market is. This is why it's, again, extremely important because otherwise, what are you doing on social media? You could be wasting so much time on the on the wrong platform. It's so interesting. I think the, the thing I, I liked, and it's not just a self-serving comment, quite frankly, you know, you said, well, you really need to get help probably to get started. And and it, it, I was just listening to a show with Ring, the you know, the Ring Chief Revenue Officer. And what Ring does, you know, the, the consumer cameras, right? Yeah. And what they, I and I, I have them. I, I love them. I think I don't, you, you love them. I, I don't know yeah. how I would live without them, honestly. Like, you know, <laughs> somebody comes by, I see it, whether I even need to get up or whatever. But what's interesting about it is they offer, you can order it direct from them. You can order it through Amazon. You can install it yourself. I'm not very handy and I did it myself. But you know what else they offer? They offer. They so get on the ladder and install them yourself. Mm -hmm. You can hire you can hire somebody to do that. So my point is, even if you don't want to hire somebody, you can build your own brand. But the key mm -hmm. takeaway here is that don't don't cap overnight. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, you know, I mean, I've built brands for a while, and I've made all the mistakes in the world. It's like also with live streaming. You know, I think live streaming is currently a fantastic way to get your podcast out there. And I've made all the mistakes when it comes to live streaming. Now, that's why I wrote the book, Going Live Book. You can check it out on AuthenticStorytelling.net if you want to read it. How do you live stream? How do you podcast? How do you tie it all together? Um, but at the end of the day, it's not an overnight process. So just something to keep in mind. And Tracy, that's kind of what you were hinting at there as well, right? Well, and what's interesting too is whether it be brand establishment, whether, you know, whether it be target market 
collection. All these, you also have to remember where you are today may not necessarily be where you are in seven months or seven years. I've been in business now 36 years. I have not been the same brand. In fact, I've barely, in some cases, operated the same company. I have gone hardware installation to software development to internet marketer to social media strategist to coach business coach consultant i've been through tons of permeations and my target market has changed based on that back to that fundamental operating um mantra that i run my company on which is you find a need and you fill a gap because i'm in change, so will everything you're about to experience. Your website will constantly change. Your social media platforms may change as, as we've seen come and go. Your target market might change. And so be okay with establishing your brand now and moving forward because you're not going to be able to see standing still, you know, what needed to be done to get you to that seven-month marker, to get you to that seven-year marker. Um, and so, uh, you know, start someplace. Consulting is more rapid, but the overall thread through this, as Christoph just said, it's not overnight. Uh, you know, I, I was not, you'll hear about overnight successes. You know, I, I know one of my, uh, one of my um, friends, Mike Phil same, he, he's called an overnight success, right? Took him 10 years to right. make that million dollar launch, which was one of the first in the industries. We don't talk about the 10 years and the steps it took to get there. We talk about the fact that he had a million dollar day. Um, and, and so you got to understand um, don't, one, don't compare your beginning to someone middle or end. And more importantly, it's going to take time. Yeah, it's going to take time. And, and so you also mentioned sometimes you have to switch uh, what you stand for and what your brand is. And, and so I've personally done that to an extent. But at the end of the day, my brand, my personal brand, right? I'm, I'm about content marketing. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, my day job is at Vox Pop Me video surveys to, to do better um, market research and, you know, get better responses from, from customers. Um, but my personal opinion always is about content. Now, mm. over the years, it has evolved, right? Like 10 years ago, I didn't do this highly produced podcast show, you know, that we're doing today. I didn't even have a mic. I didn't have a, you know, background and all these different things. So, but my brand has evolved and changed a little bit, but it's still within, if you have a big box, of content it's still in that box just maybe mm-hmm. like pushing over here versus over here and then that changes how, are you talking about also like radically changing or how, how and how does that work well in some cases it may involve a radical change and what i mean by that is for example i've had companies come to me and then we've we they've maintained the corporate brand, but they want to move a CEO or move somebody to the front because, of course, what do people buy? They're buying people right now, right? So we move somebody and establish a personal brand. So in that case, it feels radical because the company and in, and in fact, that happened with me originally for the first whatever twenty years of my existence. Our brand was InnerSurf, which is the company. Then, of course, as the Internet emerged and as a lot of, um, I'll I'll say, situations where there was a lack of trust 
came into play. That's where I stepped forward and became the front and the personal brand. Now, of course, what has that's a transitional thing that has to occur for once. There's you know steps and, and procedures in place for that, so that you educate your marketplace on that. Um, but you know, sometimes it might be radical like that, and sometimes it might be subtle. But I think the thing, especially with a personal brand that, that you're speaking to, I think one of the core things that you'll find is you need those pieces in there that are always you. Authenticity, you know, dependability, trust, ethics, morality. When you have that as your, as your core, um, you're able to uh, make any kind of change in a marketplace and still maintain the stability that you need. Yeah, definitely an interesting discussion and interesting to think about um, how do you do it. Now, um, how long can a brand expect for it to take to build an audience? Like, I mean, if you're starting um, from zero, I guess, or, or, I mean, how many brands start from zero? Like, I guess a brand new brand might, I guess, but yeah, uh, how long does it take? I mean, it all depends on how many touch points you start to establish and the speed at which you do them. So if we go back to my beginnings um, in, uh, and I'll say in the industry of internet marketing, I, you know, I came out of the gates rapidly. My brand was rapidly established probably in about three months because I went from launching that book, 31 days to millionaire marketing miracles to winning new internet marketing success of the year. that I was the first woman to do that. Then I was brought onto the speaking circuit of the World Internet Summit as the first woman with 15 men, traveling around the, the world for five years, speaking in 39 countries. That absolutely catapulted my brand and my brand awareness rapidly to the point where at the, during that, that time, I was known as the number one woman speaker in the world for internet marketing. I was the only one there. <laughs> and so that's kind of one example, right? But the typical outroll is if you're just going to be, you know, um, what, what, whether we say podcasting, getting on, getting your, your show onto Roku and, and, and things of that nature, perhaps appearing on television. I've appeared on every major network, ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS, MSNBC. I've appeared on all of those. Those, again, are catapults to brand awareness. It's why, it's why brands buy commercial space. In our case, we don't have to do that anymore. If you, if you have the right news story and the right you know, PR angles and things of that nature, you can, you can rapidly accelerate your brand awareness. Um, and then having said that, you know, if you're just going to be the typical company and, and do your social media and, and do some awareness through podcasting and, and various things, it could take, you know, five, six, seven, eight months before you start to get a bite or a following enough to where those people that follow you recommend you to others. And therefore, then it starts to mushroom. Maybe you have something cool that goes out that that might get a bit of a viral viral catch to it. Um, it it's all depends. And then, you know, in, in this day and era, we've had rapid successes because of social media incidences right but but it, you know did that incident build on a brand or did it build on a shock and awe uh, value of something so i think if you want to look at a typical brand it, it, it unfolds it around eight months and and then can can accelerate from there based on how how spread you're going to go yeah it, it certainly it also depends on 
um, how quickly can you do things, right? So if, I mean, I still think of the story, I think it was Andrea Freirier when she was on the show. And she says, what do new chief marketing officers do when they come into a company and they spend their first year building a new website? And then the mm -hmm. website isn't even live and they're now a year into it and they haven't really done anything, right? <laughs> you know? So certainly you want to do that as well. Tracy, how do people reach out to you or for what specifically, why would they connect with you? Like, can they hire you to help them build their brand or what's the, what's your um, engagement look like? Um, yeah, you can definitely hire me to, to uh, whether it be analyze your current brand versus your market mm -hmm. that you're in right now, do a brand refresh, do a full website refresh, all the way to one of the things I very often talk about is when you're doing all that social media activity, where are you sending them? Well, I hope you're sending them to a list building landing page back to build because you don't own those people. And so what you want to do is funnel them into a, a landing page and carry on the conversation through nurture-based email marketing. That's one of my um, sweet spots. It's where I began. It's the reason I had this success line uh, to where I am today. And so I'm, I'm a very big advocate of creating your own list because that is your power. Um, that is your, you know, if you were ever to go into an exit strategy, what are they going to buy? They're going to buy your list and they're going to buy your assets and things of that nature. And, and so I, I very much teach people to not be dependent on social media, but to use social media to build your list. And I think that's always something good to remember too. Those networks, they can change on a dime and, and, yeah. they, and they do. Yeah. You know, my Amazon numbers, they go up and down and up and down and currently they're kind of down. But that list mm -hmm. to stay in touch with people. Now, I'm still a fan of using all those networks, but it's still something to keep in mind. So make sure you connect with Tracy if you need the help there. Tracy, it was great to have you on the show. Thank you for sharing your insights with us. Really glad we connected. Um, and congratulations for being the top um, female speaker. Well, thank you very much, Christoph. It's, <laughs> it's been fun. <laughs> okay, awesome. Thanks for making the time. Thanks for watching and listening, everyone. Until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.